All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation And welcome to the Box Score Breakdown Show, a hoop ball presentation. This episode is brought to you by Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee Company. You guys get some delicious coffee. Head over to HawaiianIsles.com or Amazon and taste the Kona difference. My name is Adrian Benjamins and I'm joined as per usual on Sunday evening by Captain Kurt Beach. Kurt, how are you doing? Adrian, you know me. I'm living the dream. Glad to be here tonight. How's it going for you? Going pretty good, man. I had a pretty decent weekend. Um, took the kids to see Santa Claus today, which, uh, man, I waited in a two-hour line for the kids to man. take their picture. I, I'll probably never do that again. Like, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that was my day today. But um, man, I am excited to go over a pretty good six-game slate of games. You know, you and I were talking about before we start recording this that it's probably like the first time since we started doing this that we don't have like a giant 10-11 game slate. So I'm kind of happy that we can kind of just really go over these games, kind of digest the information. What do you think about it? Yeah, it should be nice to not have to rush, and we're usually going as fast as we can. It usually ends up being about a 90-minute show, so (laughs) listeners Um, will probably be excited to see this one maybe under an hour. (laughs) Yep. So, hey, before we jump into the box scores, you mentioned that there are a couple injuries maybe we should talk about, because I think they happened last night, and uh, one of them was Eric Bledsoe. The other was Luka Doncic, two major pieces likely to uh your fantasy team if you have any of these guys i guess let's start with luca first you know kurt i heard some conflicting reports one that it looked bad another that it wasn't bad because he was already like trying to work on some water underwater treadmill thing like right after it happened which usually is a good sign you know one thing i do want to say is a lot of these young guys like trey young for instance They all have an injury like an ankle turn that looks horrific, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. And some of these young guys are able to just bounce back really quick. Um, So I don't know, man. I've heard some conflicting things about Luka, not serious, or he could be out as long as two weeks. What do you think about it? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. He's only 20, so sometimes those youngsters heal a little faster. I think... I think what I saw was two weeks, but like you said, if, if that underwater running is a good sign, um, maybe there's something there. I, you know, in terms of pickups, we saw, I would initially think DeLon Wright, but he only got a handful of minutes, and it looked like it's actually going to be Jalen Brunson, um, and he showed us a little bit of what he's capable he had to run to end the year last season where he looked pretty nice uh the other guy even though maybe he's not going to get more minutes because of the luke injury maybe a couple but more usage is for tim hardaway jr so they're going to need somebody to score i think he can be that guy other than that just a few more shots for everybody everybody's going to have to step up what do you think here adrian you know, I think one other thing that's a little bit sneaky is we saw in that game that Luca went down, we saw a pretty good boost of usage for uh, Porzingis. Like, he yeah. took more shots. So don't be surprised if all of a sudden you see Porzingis' numbers spike. I mean, Luka Doncic is a high-usage guy. Ball's always in his hands, takes a lot of shots. So if he's going to miss, let's say he misses two weeks, we could see Porzingis' value, like, jump up a round or two. So don't be surprised if all of a sudden you see his numbers spike. And I love your take, man. Kurt, is there anything more frustrating when, like, a guy goes down, you go real quick and you pick up, like, the guy who should be the next guy up, and it ends up being another guy? Like, you rush to make sure that DeLon Wright is, like, not on the wire anywhere, and then it's Jalen Brunson. Like, I think uh, when Vucevic went down, I rushed to grab Kem Birch all over the place, and actually, like, Mo Bamba kind of outplayed Kem Birch, and it's, like, it's so frustrating, man, when you, like, uh, waste a move or you blow some fab dollars on the wrong guy, man. 
yeah, and, and you're fast and you feel good about being <laughs> yeah. the first one there. And then the coach just goes another way. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Um, the other guy I want to talk about is Eric Bledsoe. Um, now Bledsoe is a guy we know is going if when he gets hurt could take some time. This is a guy with it who has had a pretty extensive history of injuries. So when this guy gets an injury, you expect him to miss some time. I think the report already is at least two weeks for Bledsoe. Kurt, I rushed out. I, I picked up Dante DiVincenzo in pretty much everywhere I could where I needed him, meaning like, you know, in a shallow 10-team league, you're probably still not going to pick up a DiVincenzo. But anything 12 teams or deeper, I snatched him up anywhere I could. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I had some questions about George Hill. He had an okay run for a deep league guy earlier in the season. And if it was between the two of them, I'll go DiVincenzo just for the the unknown upside. We know he can shoot. He was a lights-out shooter at Villanova. Uh, just I, I believe it was him who just tore up University of Michigan in the – was that the championship or the, the semifinals in the uh, March Madness a couple years ago? He, he can really shoot both uh, – Milwaukee and Dallas talking about both these key injuries. They both go four times this week, too. So these pickups could really help you. Uh, It's kind of a split this week between a lot of the teams going either four times or three times, with the only exception being the Warriors going twice. So you don't really want to stream Warriors this week. If you got a fringy Warrior, you could look towards DiVincenzo or Brunson or Hardaway or maybe DeLon Wright if these guys are out there. Yep, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Dante was almost rosterable in deeper leagues already. Like, he, you know, got some getting good run even when that team's healthy. Kind of a guy they rely on um, in that second unit. And I think one thing I love about him is he's got, like, multiple handcuffs, right? Like, if Middleton goes down, we saw in the early yeah. part of the season he had value. If Bledsoe goes down, he's got value. If Giannis went down – so – I I love guys like that. Guys that have kind of got like multiple handcuffs. And uh, I, I like Dante. You know, never probably going to like have a 30-point night, but can sprinkle in stats all across the board. And uh, I think he's really good, especially in a category like Roto-style leagues. I think he could be really helpful. So uh, with Bledsoe guaranteed, uh, likely guaranteed, I should say, to miss at least two weeks, I think we should go pick that guy up, man. I think so too. All right, Kurt. Oh, you know what? Super quick. Uh, we and Blake Griffin. I think he had a minor injury. I I don't know if it's anything serious. I think already he's like probable maybe for the next one. I think I saw that. But we know if he misses time, we've seen Christian Wood flash some upside earlier in the season. I picked him up already in some deep leagues. I'm talking like 14 teams and deeper, just in case, uh, you know, we know Blake's not the model of uh, health. So this is a guy who could likely miss some time. And like also, too, I've read in a lot of places that a lot of people feel like Blake hasn't really looked right this year so you kind of feel like if he suffers any injury even a minor one they could use it as an excuse to kind of get him right so i wouldn't be surprised if we see blake miss at least a few games or so i don't know what do you think about it kurt yeah and he's just been so bad this year man number 270 in nine caps over the year and i i like the christian wood take we know his 
per minute output is amazing. I'm just, I, I'd like to see it, but I'm not holding my breath because the last time Griffin was out, we were hoping that Wood would get some more minutes, and for whatever reason, he just didn't seem to get them. It was kind of like a, a by committee approach. But but who knows? I mean, yeah. they've seen him a couple times go out there and blow up, so maybe they could lean toward him now. I, I think it would make sense, and we'd you love know, it for fantasy. And the other guy to keep an eye on is Markeith Morris, and I believe in this game where Blake went out, I think it was Markeith that actually got the start the following quarter. So he... Kurt, this might be another situation where I picked up the wrong guy, and it's like I picked up Christian Wood in a bunch of deep leagues, and it's going to end up being Markeith Morris. So keep an eye on Markeith. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear, uh, if Blake's out, that Markeith's actually the guy getting the start. I just feel like Christian Wood's got a little bit higher upside because he can bring the blocks, can just do a little bit more uh, than Markeith can. But anyways, keep an eye on that situation, guys. All right, Kurt. You ready to get down to some business and look at the box scores? I'm ready, brother. I feel like we're going to have more energy than we need tonight with it being (laughs) such a short card for us. Let's do it, man. Let's start, I believe, the first game of the evening, the Orlando Magic and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, The Magic getting the victory 130 to 119. It's been a rough season for the Pelicans, uh, 6-21 on the season. And uh, I really hope we see Zion back in the lineup for uh, the Pelicans. But I'm going to jump in on the Orlando side of this game. And... The box score that stands out the most to me that I got to start with is Jonathan Isaac. What a monster. 21 points on a very efficient 7 of 11 shooting. He was 6 of 7 from the line. Gave you some defensive stats with 2 steals, a block, 3 assists, 11 boards. He even gave you a 3. This guy's been a monster, man. He is sitting in 9 category leagues as player number 10. On with uh, total value on the season, just unreal, unreal. And uh, congratulations if you got him on your team. I'm really upset. I don't have him anywhere, and it's really bumming me out. Um, the next guy I want to talk about is Aaron Gordon. Uh, didn't really have the shooting touch tonight. Three of thirteen for nine points, a steal, two assists, four rebounds, one three. Two of four from the line. Uh, nights like tonight really bring down his value, but um, I'd stick with him. I think he's going to be much better in the next one. Markel Fultz doing his thing. Ten points, a steal, a block, seven assists, two rebounds on four of six shooting. Vucevic is back and looking like himself in this one. 20 points with nine rebounds, two assists, a steal, two threes on eight of 15 shooting, two two from the line if if uh, I know a lot of my friends who uh, are e- have been eager for Vucevic to get back into their uh, lineup and so I know a lot of people are really happy to see this line from him tonight Evan Fournier with 16 points a steal four assists one rebound three threes on six of 14 shooting not the greatest game but he's been outstanding so far this season he's been a real uh, value from where you drafted him to what he's putting up, uh, the production that he's putting up. So you got to be really happy with him on the season. Uh, DJ Augustine, 17 points with eight assists, 
two threes. Um, you know, this is a nice game, but I don't really trust them. Terrence Ross, though, is usually pretty good for scoring. 14 points, a steal, and assist, three boards, four threes on five and nine shooting. It's a pretty good game from him. Um, other than that, not much else. You know, we don't, I don't, unfortunately, Mo Bamba, it's not going to be his time for a while, maybe not for another few seasons. Um, Kurt, what do you think of the Orlando Magic? Man, you nailed it. Uh, with Vooch being back, you know, hopefully he returns to form. If you had Kem Birch, you saw him completely vanish tonight, so he's obviously a drop pretty much anywhere. Uh, Bamba, his minutes didn't really change with Vooch. Like, he's still hovering uh, in that sub-20 kind of range. So if he was okay for – if he was doing it for you in a deeper league with Vooch out, his minutes probably aren't going to change a whole lot. It's really uh, Kem Birch that took the hit here, so I could – Understand if you're in a, in a one of those deeper league 16 teamers or deeper if you want to keep riding Bamba, but Birch is an obvious cut. Definitely, uh, man. You went from starting for Vucevic to straight up DNP CD. So uh, if if you know even in deep leagues, uh, I, I I picked him up in a 2014 dynasty league. I'm gonna cut him there. So you pretty much should cut him everywhere. Um, Kurt, what went down on the uh, Pelican side of this game? Sir, I I had one more step. I just just caught my eye. But um, Evan Fournier, over the last two weeks, number 39 in nine cap prior to tonight, 27 points, 4.7 threes, 51% from the field, 78 from the free throw line. That guy was a monster sell high. And people may not notice that he got a lot more shots, a lot more usage with Vooch out. So you might be able to cash in on him. That that was my main thing with Orlando that I kind of skimmed over there for a second. Nice. But on the New Orleans side, we had Derek Favors back again. Uh, 20 minutes tonight, 2-5 and five with 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Brandon Ingram is keeping it rolling, 21-6-6 six and six with a steal and 3 triples. J.J. Redick doing his thing with 23 points, 5 threes. Drew Holiday had a nice line. 29, 4, and 8 with one steal, one block, four three-pointers. Kenrick William is, is starting but only saw 23 minutes for three points, six boards, four assists, three blocks, and a three. He's never going to score a lot, but he kind of contributes in some of those uh, supporting stats nicely. I don't think he's a standard league guy, maybe 14, 16 teamer. Off the bench, Lonzo Ball. Nine, five, and six with a steal and two threes. Uh, let's see. Josh Hart had 20 points, five boards, one steal. Sorry, two steals, one assist, four three pointers, and took 11 three pointers. Also saw 31 minutes. The guy that I think is worth monitoring here is Jackson Hayes. Tonight he played 29 minutes, and this is with Favors' return. He saw 10 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 1 block. Um, he's not really jumping off the page, but in the last 14 days, he's number 109 cat. He's seeing 28 minutes per game in that span for averages of 12.6 points, 6 boards, 0.9 steals, 1.4 blocks, 66% from the field, and only 0.7 turnovers. Now, yeah, Favors is back, and Zion would be back at some point. 
But with as bad as they are, they're not going to push Zion. They're going to they're going to baby him. Uh, probably missing back to backs. Probably pretty strict minutes limits. And I don't I don't know if uh, Favors is a long term part of their future here. I don't know. I guess what I'm getting to is Jackson Hayes. I think he's a 12 team guy, especially if you have a low end center. If you have one of those. Uh, Cody Zellers, Bismack Biombo types, or Kelly Olynyx. I could understand picking up Hayes because I just got a feeling that things could break right for him later on in the season. Adrian, what's your take on these guys? Man, you're reading my mind again, Kurt. The one thing I wanted to mention was Jackson Hayes. And, you know, we we mentioned at the beginning uh, uh, that the Pelicans are 6-21. and 21. I don't think the season is going at all the way that they thought it would. I think uh, with them continuing to play bad as their record gets even worse, I think we're really going to see them geared towards developing their young guys. And I think Jackson Hayes is going to be a major priority. And I think just as you said exactly, this could be a guy like second half of the season we all of a sudden see become um, a an easy standard league guy. Kurt, I'm in a lot of leagues where I'm struggling for big men, for big men stats. So um, this is a guy that I'm watching very closely. And, um, you know, another interesting thing, Jahil Okafor was a straight-up DNPCD, didn't even get in this game. So it looks like Hayes is playing all the backup uh, center minutes and you know with Derek Favors having his injury issues and whatnot um, and as you said him maybe not being a part of their long-term plan it makes you wonder if we see uh, Hayes just really explode towards the second part of the season so keep an eye on that situation guys okay uh, Kurt anything else before we move over to the next one Nah, brother, that's about it. All right, second game up is the Charlotte Hornets versus the Indiana Pacers. Uh, the Pacers getting the victory 107-85. to I'm going to take a look at the Hornets uh, side of this game. And, you know, instead of starting with maybe like a really good line or a guy I love, I'm going to talk about a guy that's been really disappointing me this year, and it's Miles Bridges. Uh, man, I drafted this guy everywhere thinking he was just going to be like the steal of the draft. Like I took him, I think, round six or seven, and I'm like, this guy's going to return fourth round value and just be a monster. And man, it's been nothing like that. And uh, 10 points tonight, one assist, four rebounds, one three on four, 12 shooting. This feels like par for what he's been doing all year. And, uh, you know, you got to stick with Bridges if you got him. Um, I mean, I don't know. He probably doesn't really have much trade value because he, he looks awful if you look at him on the player radar. I'm not even going to go there because it, it'll just uh, depress me even more. But, um, you know, you got to stick with Bridges. Uh, he's playing big minutes, 35 minutes tonight starting. This Charlotte Hornets team is pretty bad. Um and they're likely just going to develop all of their young guys. So just stick with Bridges and hope that he starts improving in, and he starts getting better as the second um, half of the season starts. Now a guy who's 
been the best fantasy guy on this team and the biggest surprise best pickup of the year probably is Devonte graham now tonight the shooting was ugly only three of 18 for 12 points but how's this man two steals two blocks four assists six rebounds three threes just um i think er, earlier in the week he was second in the nba and three points made um and uh, this this guy's just been an unreal surprise. And so, of course, uh, if you got him, Kurt, you know, I picked him up in some dynasty leagues off the wire. And I get trade offers like John Wall with Daniel House for Devontae Graham. And I'm like, nah, like, it's crazy. Some of the trades that I'm turning down for Devontae Graham because I just think the world of this kid and – um Man, it's like at the beginning of the season or during summer, if you would have told me I would be turning some of these trades that I'm getting for him, I would have said, no way, like you're crazy. But um, Devontae Graham, man, what a great what, what a great surprise he's been. Um, their front court is interesting. Uh, Biombo, actually, I think Cody Zeller got the – I think Biombo and Cody Zeller maybe got the start in this one. Let me double-check that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. But uh, – you know, Zeller with a nice double-double, 19 points, 12 rebounds, one block on 6 of 11 shooting, 7 10 from the field. And Biombo also uh, having a double-double, 11 points and 17 rebounds. So this is really interesting. Keep an eye on this situation. I think before they had Biombo starting, but then Zeller playing more minutes off the bench. And, you know, they were kind of canceling each other out. Uh, Kurt, again, I'm really desperate for some big men stats in a lot of my leagues. So uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this uh, situation, see if one of these two guys could emerge as the guy to own. Uh, yeah, I, I probably would just go ahead and pick up Cody Zeller if you're desperate for a big man, if he's still sitting there. I checked a lot of my deep leagues. He's already like picked up everywhere. Uh, yeah. Terry Terry Rozier, man, it's, it's you know if you drafted Rozier, you likely thought that he was gonna be what Devonte Graham is, and uh, it's just not happening really for Rozier. I mean, of course you're gonna stick with him, and um, hope he turns around. This was a particularly ugly game. One of twelve shooting for three points. One steal, three assists, two rebounds, and uh, I don't know if Rozier is going to hit that mark that a lot of people thought he was going to hit at the beginning or um, during the preseason or draft day. Um, off the bench, not a lot to talk about. I really don't trust any of these guys off the bench. Um, there were a couple nice games. Monk had 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, but he could just completely disappear in the next one. Uh, I should note Batum is out. P.J. Washington is also out, which likely is the reason why we saw Zeller and Biombo start next to each other. So, um, you know, maybe another reason why to take this Biombo-Zeller thing with a grain of salt here. Um, Kurt, what are your thoughts on the Hornets? Um. Like like you said with the PJ Washington, he I guess broke his finger and he's supposed to be out until at least Christmas. So you have ten days to two weeks of good run. Um, if tonight's lineup was any indication, where before like you said, Adrian Biombo and Zella were canceling each other out and they would kind of trade off good games. If they're both going to start in his absence, because there's really not a whole el- whole lot else off the bench. In terms of big men, they have Willie Hernan Gomez that for some reason, I know he's not amazing, but for a young guy, they've just never seemed to want to give him a chance. 
Uh, and if that's going to be the case, and both these guys are getting close to 30 minutes like we saw tonight, they're probably good guys to ride for a couple weeks. It's funny that this comes right after I say uh, go with Jackson Hayes over them. Hayes would be more of like your long-term play, whereas these guys ride them for the next two weeks, and then you know who knows what's going to happen. Biombo, don't expect him to score a whole lot, but he'll get you boards and blocks, whereas Zeller's going to be more points and boards on good percentages with less blocks. And to echo what you said on Devontae Graham, it's kind of crazy that this was probably his worst game of the season, 3 of 18 from the field, 50% from the free throw line, and he still has 12, 6, and 4, two steals, two blocks, three threes. If that's going to be his worst game of the year, wow. He's he's doing amazing. That's that's really crazy. Like you said, some of those trades that you turned down. But I can't blame you there. Like John Wall, he's getting up there in age. Who knows what's going to happen when he comes back? I'd much rather have Devonte Graham too. And and you said that was in a dynasty league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think that's an easy easy decline on that trade offer. Yeah, and you know, uh, two two of my dynasty leagues. Um, it's one's a 14, the other one's a 16. I picked up Devontae Graham off the wire in both of them to start the season. And, you know, when you pick up a guy like that off the wire, like you basically got him for free and he, it turns out to be what he is. I mean, it's a major come up to have a guy like that. Um, I mean, there's, there's, uh, some buzz of him maybe making the all-star team, which is crazy. So, um, yeah, he's just been one of the best, uh, one of the best stories of the season and, uh, really fun, really fun guy to have on your fantasy team. Um, all right, Kurt, what went down on the Pacers side of this game? All right, man, not a whole lot moves the needle here for me. DeMontis Sabonis, a little quiet by his standards, 12 and 12 with four assists, but he did have five fouls. So he'll normally be better than that. Uh, it was nice to see Miles Turner, who's been trending down hard in the last couple of weeks. I've seen people ask questions if he's a drop. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, even even if he's not, he, he was something around 10.9 points on the season prior to tonight. Even if he's getting like eight points a game, those blocks are elite. If you can afford to drop a guy who's blocking shots like that, man, I'd... I don't know what kind of league you're in, but it, it's got to be like a four-teamer or a six-teamer. Um, anyway, Turner had 10 rebounds tonight, which I, without looking at his stats, I would guess is close to season high. 14 points, two assists, five blocks, two threes, and only played 26 minutes. The rebounds aren't going to be like that every night. I think he's a buy low. Uh, he's currently 104 and nine cap prior to tonight. And part of that is he's shooting 42% from the field, so that should come up. I don't think he's getting to that second-round value where he was drafted in a lot of places, mainly because Sabonis has just taken control of this team. But he's definitely due to trend up, and I think he actually plays better alongside Oladipo. And even though Oladipo's last blurb that I saw said that he basically there was no idea when he was coming back, He's been playing five-on-five in practice for a long time, Uh, so that blurb's not really scaring me away. I'm not holding my breath, but I I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him at any point in the next month or so. Uh, In other news here, Malcolm Brogdon had 11-7, and kind of a quiet night for him. One steal, one three, 
Jeremy Lamb, nine points, six rebounds, one assist, three steals, two blocks, one three. So didn't score a lot, but really helped you in the cash counters. TJ Warren, six points, four rebounds, two assists. I think both Warren and Lamb are going to take a decent hit when Oladipo comes back. So I think you could kind of treat them as potential sell guys. Off the bench, TJ McConnell's been having a, a good year in assists for you deep leaguers. 12-8 and eight tonight, played 23 minutes. Aaron Holiday, whenever he gets minutes, he does good things. Only played 21 tonight and still gave you 23 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 threes. 9-10 from the free throw, free throw line, which is pretty nice. His brother, Justin Holiday, played 22 minutes. He had 9 points, 2 steals, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 three. No one off the bench here is a standard of league guy. More 14-16 teamers. And really not a whole lot's changing here for the Pacers for me. Adrian, what's your take on these guys? Did I miss anything? You know, I just want to note that I think Sabonis actually got injured tonight. Uh, some news about him uh, feared that he broke his right big toe late in the game, but it ended up being uh, it ended up being okay. Uh, There's no word of X-rays, but from what we hear, he's good and that he 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 avoided anything major so i think what happened is uh cody zeller stepped on his foot so uh you know still saw 34 minutes so when you look at the box score it doesn't even look like really an issue but definitely something to keep an eye on man sabonis has been another one of these guys that's been a real pleasant surprise just exceeding his value and uh so keeping on the situation for from what i'm hearing it's nothing serious and that's pretty much it man you pretty much nailed everything else here i'm just gonna go ahead and jump over to the next game the la lakers uh red hot right now man taking on the atlanta hawks this one ended up being much closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, the Lakers 24 and 3, only lost 3 games so far this year. They're just they've just been insane. Um, they got the victory 101 to 96. I'm going to take a look at the Lakers side. I guess I'll start with uh LeBron James, 32 points, 3 blocks, 1 steal, 7 assists, 13 rebounds, 4 threes. 12 of 21 shooting from the field. He was 4-7 from the line. You know, LeBron um, was really, a lot of people were really low on LeBron coming into the season. I saw him drop as far as like round three in some leagues. But man, currently sitting as player number four in um, nine category leagues for the season. So he's just been outstanding. And uh, I just don't see that even changing it's no fluke i mean what he's doing we know what he's capable of um in this point of his career and uh he could do this all year and so likely gonna be a steal for you people that drafted him either late in the first round or somewhere in the second round um anthony davis with 27 points 13 rebounds two blocks a steal three assists um didn't have a did not have any threes, but shot 11 to 23 from the field, five to seven from the line. He's been really nice. Currently, player number two um, in nine cat leagues. He's been he's been outstanding. Um, let's see what else went down. Danny Green had 10 points, two steals, six rebounds. He's really trust hard to trust in standard leagues. Man, the center spot is a real 
is really ugly for the Lakers. It's uh, JaVale McGee with three points. Um, it looks like he had foul trouble. He had five fouls in just 15 minutes. Uh, Dwight Howard with only two points. Maybe he had some foul trouble too because he had four fouls in 23 minutes. So tough night for the front court other than Anthony Davis. Um, you know, Rondo coming off the bench but still saw 26 minutes, 11 points, two steals, five assists, seven rebounds, one three. Um, in some deep leagues, he could be worth a look um other than that man it's really lebron and anthony davis doing all the heavy lifting no kuzma um and really no one else i really trust avery bradley still coming off an injury playing limited minutes and even when avery bradley is fully healthy he's going to be tough to trust um i don't know that's pretty much all i got what do you think of the lakers yeah, no, Adrian, not not much to write home about here. Those big two guys, and then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Which yeah, isn't a whole lot different than on the Hawks side. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have uh, at least what it will become when uh, Collins comes back, I believe, in about a week or ten days. Trey Young tonight, 30 points, six rebounds, seven assists, two steals, three threes and after that we can talk about Jabari Parker who had 12 and 5 with a triple one actually two three-pointers there uh he's probably gonna see a ding when Collins comes back but it looks like I mean as bad as this Hawks team is he'll probably still be a hold in standard leagues DeAndre Hunter who's been outside the standard league conversation he'll have a good game then a bad game good game bad game Um, He's kind of a project. If you're holding on him, you're probably hoping for better things in the second half. He had eight and six with two assists, one steal, one block, two threes. Damian Jones started at center. I've been intrigued by him all season, but the minutes haven't been there. And with Collins returning, I'm not getting involved there. He had 10 points, three rebounds, and one block. Maybe a deep league kind of guy. Kevin Herter played 23 minutes. I believe he was still on a minutes limit. Had five and four with two assists, one steal, one block. Um, I'm also seeing that Herter left with a shoulder contusion, and it's the same shoulder that he had the rotator cuff issue on. So, kind of a bummer if you picked up Herter. He's been back for a handful of games, and you know potentially going to be missing a good amount more. So, I mean, if you have an IL, maybe you could stash him, but he already wasn't a must-own guy in 12-team league, so I couldn't blame you for moving on there and using that spot for streamers. Off the bench, Cam Reddish played 29 point, or 29 minutes, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 3. Old man Vince Carter had a 3-pointer and 7 points. Man, really, I'm just kind of reaching here, Adrian. Alex Len had 9-7 and seven with 3 assists. And a three-pointer, he's an okay deep league guy to own. Uh, DeAndre Bembry did not play tonight. I'm seeing DMPCD. But, uh, yeah, man, that's that's really all I'm seeing here, Adrian. Anything changing for you on the Hawks side? Uh, you pretty much covered it all because there's not much to cover on the Hawks. Uh, at, just as you said, I, I just want to note, man, that Herter is – just been frustrating to own Kevin Herter you know start we had high expectations for him coming into the year started the season slow due to some injury stuff he had in the preseason 
finally looked like he started to get going. He strung two or three solid games in a row, and you're like, finally, hurts his shoulder, been out. He finally gets his minutes limits up to 30, and you're thinking, okay, maybe he can start going. Hurts the same shoulder again, man. And uh, Kurt, in any standard league, I think I'm just going to move on from him because uh, I'm just, it's getting frustrating. I'm going to wait again for him. And it's just, you know, there's some nice guys to pick up off the wire right now. I think I'd rather just move on. Um, That's about it. You covered it all. Uh, The Atlanta Hawks. Oh, you know, John Collins. This team's going to get much better. Uh, be really nice for them to add a really solid piece like John Collins was playing well before the uh, suspension and with this team really showing in this recent stretch that they're lacking some talent uh, they could really use John Collins I think he's going to step in right away and really fill that uh, need that, that they have as a second scorer on this team okay let's 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 keep rolling. Let's go to the next game. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. This one was kind of surprising. The Nets getting the victory 109-89. to I'm going to jump in on the Philly side of this game, though. And I'm going to start with uh, Ben Simmons, who uh, 20 points, two blocks of steal, three assists, five rebounds. Shot 7 of 10 from the field, 6 of 8 from the line. Tobias Harris with 17 points, two blocks, three assists, six rebounds. He he shot eight of 17 from the field, one of one from the line. Um, Al Horford getting the start. You know, with no Embiid, uh, Matisse Thibel actually got injured in this one and left after 19 minutes. So we saw a little nice boost here for Horford. Uh, you know, didn't have the greatest game, only shot five of 15 for 10 points. Three blocks of steel, five assists, nine boards. But um, definitely, you're definitely rolling with Horford. Uh, Josh Richardson, really nice to see him back. And, uh, you know, this one wasn't a good shooting game. Five of 15 for 11 points, one steal, four rebounds. Um, Mike Scott is getting the start, but doing very little in these starts. Only had eight points on three of five shooting. He did add two threes to kind of help you but uh it's pretty low end if you're playing scott off the bench not much to talk about off the bench again thibel left this one um don't trust anyone else and Embiid. uh i think this was just a like a rest load management game for Embiid. so um that's about it kurt what do you think of the sixers um I, so I think Embiid had an illness today, and oh. that left him out. And it's kind of a bummer to see Tybal when he was potentially just kind of getting going or where I was starting to consider him as a standard league potential pickup. I was at least getting close. But it looks like, I don't know if he got it from Embiid. Uh, I'm seeing the reason he left was also illness. So mm. I don't know if it's the flu going around. I know I had it a couple weeks back that time of the time of year so hopefully it doesn't keep either of these guys out very long but man like you said adrian not not much changes here we're starting to see that as a theme with with most of the games we've talked about today unless there's an injury we're really starting to see things come into form this time of year not a whole lot changes unless there's an injury or a trade um on the net side 
Spencer Dinwiddie, who has just been killing it without Kyrie Irving, had 24 points, six assists, one steal, two threes. I believe he scored exactly 24 points in five of his last six games. Kind of strange. Uh, Jarrett Allen, he's been pretty hot the last month or so. Kind of quiet tonight, only eight and eight with an assist. I'm not seeing any injury news, uh, but that's not really his best game. Garrett Temple continues to start, and I have been uh, not picking him up in most standard league places. But, shoot, as long as Karis LeVert and Kyrie Irving continue to sit out, I, I think he's an okay 13th man kind of on your team. He had 13-4 and four tonight with three three-pointers. Joe Harris quietly continues to plot along. 16 points, two threes, two rebounds, one assist. Torian Prince, he was one of my favorite late-round targets this year, but he's been hurting you so bad in the field goal percentage. He is 4 of 12 tonight. No threes, which you really count on from him. Eight points, six boards, four assists, two steals, and also chipped in three turnovers on the season. He is number 125 in 9-cat, and... Yeah, that, that field goal percentage, 39% on the season, 72 from the free throw line, and two turnovers. So kind of hurting you in three categories there, as much as I like him. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't blame you if there's somebody super hot out there on the waiver wire and you wanted to make the swap, but I wouldn't do it unless it's somebody who has season-long value. Don't do it for somebody who's only got a two-week run or a four-week run because even though he's kind of hurting you in a couple areas, he's got season-long value. Off the bench, DeAndre Jordan. He outplayed Jared Allen tonight, 13-11 and 11 with two assists and a steal. We had Timothy Luwawu Cabarro. He had eight points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal. I probably butchered his name. I haven't seen this guy play yet this year, so interesting that he led the bench in minutes. Uh, Theo Pinson got 18 minutes, didn't do much. David Nawaba, 14, didn't do a whole lot. Wilson Chandler, maybe this is somebody worth monitoring. He returned from his 25-game suspension. Uh, a lot of people didn't even realize he was on a 25-game suspension, but he was out with Collins and Aiton. Uh, they were all... I don't know, maybe they were they were hitting up that same juice. But he was back today for 19 minutes, had two points, seven rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. He's kind of older these days, and I'm not really expecting a whole lot. But deep leaguers, I would keep an eye on him because the Nets rotation here, at least until Kyrie and Karras come back, is pretty limited. So, so keep an eye on him. If his minutes trend up into the mid-20s, he's got an okay stand, fantasy stat set. Other than that, Adrian, am I missing anything here? You are missing nothing, man. You covered it all. I, I'm just going to add that I I think I read earlier in the week that uh, Karis Levert is cleared for contact work. So really hoping that he ramps things up and we see uh, Levert back in the lineup. I know I'm holding him in a couple leagues. And, you know, not that he was set in the league on fire before he went down but uh in a, the couple spots that i'm holding him i could really use some help so uh i hope we see him back soon 
Um, all right, let's jump over to the next one. The New York Knicks taking on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, not too much of a surprise here. The Nuggets getting the victory 111 to 105. I'm going to jump in on the New York side and I'm going to say, um, it, you know, Frank Nielakina's getting the start and played, actually had a good game tonight. 24 minutes, played 13, uh, got 13 points. Four steals is really nice, those four steals. Four assists, five boards, two threes. But it kind of feels like it's been Alfred Payton who's the guy that you want and the guy kind of coming on. Now, he came off the bench but still played 25 minutes and double-doubled with 10 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, kind of flirting with the triple-double there. Uh, one steal on 5 of 13 shooting. So, you know, it's kind of an ugly backcourt situation for the Knicks, but if you're super-duper desperate for some point guard help, I think maybe Alfred Payton could be the guy. Um, lastly, to kind of touch on that backcourt, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was, I think, a healthy DNP CD, so he's, like, out of that picture. Um, you know, r nice to see some good games from uh Randall had 20 points, a steal, two assists, nine rebounds, one three on on eight and 19 shooting. He was a perfect three of three from the line. R.J. Barrett was really bad, only seven points on three of 12 shooting. Gave you a three pointer, three rebounds and assists. Uh, Marcus Morris uh, with 22 points, a steal, five rebounds, three threes on eight of 18 shooting. He was three of four from the line. Taj Gibson's getting the start, but doing very little um, in his starts. And, uh, you know, everyone was hoping that Mitchell Robinson would see a boost with the coach change and uh, still not really happening for Mitch Rob. Eight points, one block, one steal on four or five shooting. Look, we know that fouls could be an issue for him, his high foul rate. He had four fouls in just 25 minutes, so maybe that kept him off the court a little bit in this one as well. But um, kind of clear to me, though, if you drafted Mitchell Robinson anywhere in that top three round range I don't think he's going to be returning that value but hopefully he can still improve on what he's done at the beginning of the season um, and uh, as the season goes on um, not too much else to talk about man I definitely don't I hope you're not trusting or rostering or playing Knox Portis uh, any of these other guys Kurt what do you think of the New York Knicks ah oh, man I just gotta, I just gotta sigh. Like Fizdale <laughs> got fired, and we we're hoping for good things. And the more things change with the Knicks, the more things stay the same. Mm -hmm. You'd think Mike Miller would get in there and you know try to put his name on something and say, "I'm gonna do something right for this team. I'm gonna start maybe Mitchell Robinson over Taj Gibson, or figure something out here." And the starting lineup, I think, has stayed exactly the same with him. Mm. And so, as much as I just want to start grilling the next Knicks coach I think this is coming from upper management and then like maybe the Knicks coaches maybe we're giving them some some unnecessary heat that they don't need maybe it's management who really needs to go maybe they're the ones that are saying you know you're going to start these guys play this guy this many minutes who knows because why, why I don't know why you would keep this going <sighs> try to try to make a name for yourself if you're Mike Miller do something different maybe string together a couple wins they had that one win over uh, Sacramento that was nice. Came back from 16, won that one. I think I was on Friday, so good for them there. And 
Also, as much as I like to say Mitchell Robinson is a buy low, and I think he is, the surprising thing is he's been getting decent minutes in the, the mid-20s. We've been seeing sometimes where he'll creep up to 30, low 30s. And so not all of this is on the Knicks management. Like, some of it's on him. 25 minutes tonight and only 8 and 7 with one steal, one block. That was the kind of minutes that when we were talking about Mitchell Robinson and drafting him early this year, um, I don't think I wanted to take him in the second round, but third or fourth, I would I would probably be doing that. That's all we were hoping for was mid-20s and minutes, thinking that's all he needs to get you 10 and 8, 10 and 7 with maybe three blocks, three and a half. And he just hasn't had any of those breakout block games either. He's had like one, two, three, one, two, three. But he hasn't had any of those jump-off-the-page block games like he had last year where he had the one game where he had nine, he had some sevens, some sixes. So just all around kind of disappointing here in New York. Don't really want to trust anyone. Uh, as much as I continue to say Mitch Robb is a buy low, I think Marcus Morris is a sell high. But I think R.J. Barrett... As much as you want to hope this rookie turns it around, I think he's a drop in standard leagues. Other than that, Adrian, I, I don't know what, what do, what do you think? I, you think Mitch Robb is a buy low? Like, why, why do you think he's been so down? Because he's been getting the minutes, but what do you think's going on here? I'm the only reason why I would buy low is because just the scarcity on blocks, and man, I'm feeling that this year, Kurt. I'm in some leagues like four of my leagues I'm dying for blocks so you know I will take the fact that Mitch Robb is in this bad situation I'd be willing to take that uh, down part of side of him for the upside in blocks but as you said Kurt little discouraging that he hasn't had like a major block party game where like uh, you know Miles Turner tonight had five blocks like I like I'd love to see something like that from Mitch Robb I do still think you can buy low on him but I'll tell you what Kurt I'm not gonna be giving up um a top 40 guy for him or anything like that I mean um Right. So, you know, earlier or when the coach change first happened, I would probably give up a guy in that 40 range for Mitch Robb. And now I I just don't think I would. I, I'm not convinced that he's going to end up finishing um, anywhere near where we thought he, he was. But I still do value him due to that block, that, that specialty uh, that he gives you in that block category or that he should give you in that block category i don't know kurt uh and other right. than that man again i'm just i i avoided the knicks in all my leagues i i really don't think i even have a nick in like i mean i play, five of my leagues are like leagues i care a lot about i don't think i own a single nick in any of those leagues so <laughs> um i'm that's one that's one of the one things I did right was just avoiding the New York Knicks and uh I'll I'll do that for some time I think. Um, yeah, me too. All right. Hey, what went down on the Denver side of this game? All righty. So, Paul Millsap didn't play today. I didn't see it being an extended injury. I think he's day to day. So, with him being out, Jeremy Grant got the start. He had 11 points, two rebounds, one steal, one block, one three. 
Only took six shots from the field and played 27 minutes. You'd hope for a little more from him in a starting role, but, I mean, that's kind of what he does. He'll get you a block. He'll get you a three. Might be an okay guy to stream this week. Jamal Murray, 14 points, six rebounds, four assists, two threes. Will Barton, he's been having a solid year. I think he's somewhere around uh, between the 50 and 60 range in 9-cat. 16 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 2 threes. Played 35 minutes. Kind of kicking myself there. He got dropped in one of my leagues in the very early going where I wasn't exactly sure what to expect from him. And I didn't want to cut anyone. Kind of kicking myself for that one. Gary Harris has been very fringy. For standard leagues, probably a 14-team guy. He's getting big minutes, but just not doing a lot with him. 38 tonight. I guess tonight's line was a little better. 15, 3, and 3 with one steal, two three-pointers. Um, traditionally, his value is in good percentages and steals. Also doesn't turn it over much. Nikola Jokic, 36 minutes. Shot 22 times, which is nice to see him finally being assertive. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, one block, two threes. Finally, after us calling him a buy low for, I don't know, however long it's been, eight weeks. I think that's how far we are in the season. In the last two weeks, he is finally turning it on. He is number 12 in the last two weeks, and that doesn't include tonight's game. On the strength of 19 points, almost 10 boards, almost eight assists, 0.7 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.3 three-pointers, Almost 54% from the field and 81 from the charity stripe. So he's really turning it on. If you bought low, congratulations. That window is probably definitely closed. Off the bench, Miles Plumley, or sorry, Mason Plumley, played 34 minutes. He went for 14 and 8 with six assists, two blocks. I would not count on this continuing, but maybe he continues to see more minutes with Millsap out. The other guys off the bench had 11, 12, and 15 minutes, so not much to say about them. Adrian, what's your take on these Nuggets? Man, you reading my mind again on Jeremy Grant. I actually picked him up in a lot of leagues when Millsap, uh, you know, I, I wasn't expecting Millsap to miss um, a lot of time, but I thought it could be possible he misses at least a few games. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to stream Jeremy Grant and uh, we're just kind of disappointed that in a start, you know, only taking six shots. And the mega disappointment was like the two rebounds. Like, you know, I, I'm, I never expect Jeremy Grant to blow up for like 30 points or anything. But I at least expect him to get some high rebounds, maybe bring some defensive stats. So uh, that was a little disappointing. And then other than that, man, it's just the usual suspects for the Nuggets. Um, uh, you know, one thing I will note is that Jamal Murray was iffy coming into this one with I think it was a, like a torso injury so uh, you know I don't know if that had any effect on his 5 of 14 shooting we know he's a really tough guy can play through uh, I think there was like one season he played through like a hernia or something so you know um, one of these tough guys but I'm curious if that injury that he was iffy with coming into this game likely had anything to do with some of this poor shooting here so just a situation to keep an eye on but other than that Kurt you pretty much nailed and covered everything let's jump to the final game of the 
day evening the kings getting the victory on the warriors 100 to 79 i'm going to start on the sacramento side and kurt i think last week i mentioned that i was not worried about uh bagley affecting homes and I gotta say, man, I, I, I'm starting to worry just a little bit only because I feel like ever since Bagley has returned, we haven't really seen Holmes pop off for like a big game. Now, Holmes is still starting. Holmes still like 26 minutes. I'm not going to panic. I still think Holmes at the very least is going to be a mid-round guy, even if Bagley cuts into his production. Uh, but it is a little, I have to say, I was not expecting um, Holmes to dip this this much so soon. So it is something I am a little concerned about and definitely going to keep an eye on. But of course, don't do anything drastic, you guys. Holmes has been one of the best pickups of the season. And of course, you got to stick with this guy. Uh, I think he's guaranteed to, you know, get at least 25 minutes a game, even when Bagley gets up to speed. I'm really hoping that Bagley starts playing that power forward spot i know we've seen this past week bagley just coming off the bench strictly as the center like uh so uh, i'm really hoping they end up moving you know the, i'm hoping that this is the king's plan because they're slowly getting bagley back into the fist swing of things so uh i think we're gonna see bagley return to that power forward spot which should keep things nice for rashawn holmes at the center spot anyways Holmes, nine points with one block, two steals, five rebounds, one assist on four or five shooting. Um, Buddy Heald has been pretty good. 19 points, two steals, four assists, four rebounds, two threes on a very efficient eight of 11 shooting from the field. He was a perfect one of one from the line. Um, Bogdanovich off the bench, 25 points, one steal, five assists, five rebounds, four threes on nine of 11 shooting from the field he was a perfect three of three from the line um barnes 15 points three assists one steal five boards one three on five of 11 shooting i mentioned bagley earlier coming off the bench uh, you know still playing limited minutes they're working him in slowly in 22 minutes though got 17 points two assists Six rebounds, one three on seven of 13 shooting. He also shot two of three from the line. Um, one thing I want to note before I swing this over to Kurt is we're hearing that De'Aaron Fox is getting close. Uh, I think this could really put a major dent into Bogdanovich. So, you know, after a nice game like tonight from Bogdanovich, I don't know, maybe try to sell high or sell him high. I think a lot of people aren't really, um, you know, Fox, maybe don't have Fox coming back on their radar yet, or maybe don't realize that Fox could be, a, uh, uh, could hurt Bogdanovich. So uh, I would be trying to move Bogdanovich if I had him. Um, other than that, Nemanja Belica disappointing, only two points, and he's likely the biggest loser with uh, uh, Bagley returning, and maybe we saw a lot of that uh, tonight. He only took two shots in this whole game. so uh, And he was a guy before Bagley came back who was uh, definitely had a lot of usage for this team. So, Kurt, that's all I got, man. What do you think of the Kings? Adrian, I love your take on Bogdanovich. He had a monster run where he was white hot for a couple weeks. 
in the top six, I think, in nine cat. Wow. And then he really tailed off. So with this good game, maybe try to sell high. Might not be able to, but if he does it again, definitely try to kick him out there. Uh, people are saying healed is a sell high with Fox coming back. I don't believe that one bit because he was just as good, if not better, with Fox on the court, at least last year. So I don't think he's a sell high. And it could be one of those kind of reverse psychology things where if you send an offer to the owner think, who thinks that Fox is going to hurt him, it might be like one of those fake kind of, they think it's a sell high, but really it's not. So maybe try to do that. And the big thing, like you said, that just um, is disappointing is the Holmes and Bagley thing. I I was a little worried about this. I feel like I was one of the few people who was worried about this. Mm-hmm. And everyone was saying Bielitsa was just going to vanish. And I wasn't exactly sold because Bielitsa is more of the floor spacer and can hit threes. He had that big uh, shot to win the game the other night. Even though his minutes were down... The bad thing here is that we don't see Bagley getting any power forward minutes. All of the center minutes are being strictly split between Holmes and Bagley. They had 26 and 22 tonight to combine for exactly 48, which is really disappointing. Like, why, why give Trevor Ariza 26 minutes? Why not split some of those to Bagley? If Bagley, he doesn't even need 32 minutes. It'd be great if he could get that, but if we could get him close to 30... That's all he needs. Same with Holmes. 25 minutes is okay, but closer to 30 would be great. So take some of those minutes from Ariza and Bielitsa. But, man, we've seen this as a trend. I think this is every game that Bagley's been back so far. He's been strictly Holmes' backup to center. And maybe, I don't I don't know what they're going to do here. I would like to see him overtake Bielitsa and get in that starting lineup. But... I don't know, can we trust Luke Walton to do the right thing? He did get Holmes right this year, started playing him, which is encouraging. And I don't think he would flop Bagley in for Holmes, would he? I don't know. But Bagley's already disgruntled. We've seen some videos post-game where he's kind of, I mean, he just looks not happy. They're asking him, like, hey, Bagley, what, what can you do? The second unit really struggled tonight. What can the second unit do tonight? And just all this talk of him being the second unit coming off the bench, like it seems to be really frustrating to him. He just sat out six to eight weeks rehabbing, and he wants to be one of the guys for this this Kings team that's going with the youth movement. You know, he wants to be part of that trio, healed Fox and Bagley. And uh, it's it's a bummer right now, man, for for both Holmes and Bagley owners. I think for anyone who picked up Holmes, they're probably a little worried and you might be able to buy him. I think he peaked about a week ago. I don't think he's going to he's probably going to slowly tail off from there. I think you might be able to buy him because if you float these offers out to the owner who are concerned as I am and say, you know, look, Marvin Bagley is coming back into the fray. He and Holmes are strictly splitting those center minutes. They don't play any other minutes outside those center minutes. Bagley's only going to get better. This is his team. Float this kind of mentality to the other owner who thinks, you know, Holmes's minutes are going to continue to come down. You can probably get him at a discount. 
Now I wouldn't I wouldn't be evaluating him as a first or second round guy like he has been recently, but I'd still want to own him. But man, Adrian, I am worried. Are are you a little bit worried? Do you do you trust Luke Walton and the Kings to get it right? Like how many times have we heard from from uh, guys like Aaron Bruski who say Kings will do Kings things? Like it's it's concerning, right? Well, so I and you know, guys. I'm speaking as a Rashawn Holmes owner. I, I basically have Rashawn Holmes in almost every league. The Hoopball Staff League, I picked him up. My home league, I picked him up. So uh, this is coming straight from someone who has a lot of interest in shares of Rashawn Holmes. Look, I agree with you. I am starting to get worried. And I wasn't really worried when Bagley did. We came back. And this is why. You know, right now it's concerning the fact that Bagley's playing strictly center and is basically backing up Holmes because we know eventually Bagley's going to start. So if they consider Bagley the starting center, that's not going to be good for Holmes. But here's the thing. At the very beginning of the season, before Bagley got Holmes, before Bagley got hurt, Bagley was slated to be the power forward on this team with Deadman a guy that they signed in the offseason for some big money starting at the center spot. So I don't understand why all of a sudden they would make Bagley a center when, you know, Kurt, you talked about earlier how Belitza stretches the floor. That's what Bagley is supposed to do. He's a nice outside shooter. Uh, Tonight took two threes, made one. Bagley can hit the outside shot. Bagley is not known as a rim protector, which Holmes is. Now, You know, the Kings have been, for the most part, a pleasant surprise this season. And Holmes has had a lot to do with that. So you would think that Luke Walton and the coaching staff would have seen the same as everybody else on Twitter, in fantasy, that covers the Kings, that Holmes has been a revelation for this team on the defensive end, um, as a rebounder. So it would make all the sense in the world for Bagley to play the position that he's supposed to be playing, which is power forward, and Holmes playing that center spot. So, look, I own Holmes everywhere, even though, of course, you know, this hasn't been great. I'm still, of course, going to stick with Holmes. I'm, you know, if I was going to move him, I still need a top 50 guy in in return for Holmes. So, um, you know, I'm not going to sell him super low. Um, you know, maybe I'll take 90 cents on the dollar instead of, you know, full price or 85 cents on the dollar. But um, I just want to say, look, Holmes is still starting, still seeing good minutes. It's just pretty clear in the short sample size that Bagley has returned. It's pretty clear that that Holmes has seen a dip in his numbers. I don't think he's he's scored in double figures since Bagley's returned. So there is definitely some concern there, but... Um, I'm not going to abandon ship. We got to stick with Holmes. It still makes sense. I did read some report that this might be a plan for the Kings to work Bagley back is that they're going to put him in this backup center role. Maybe when they're finally ready to unleash Bagley, he starts at power forward. Let's everyone who has Holmes, let's cross our fingers and let's hope that that's the case. Kurt, any closing thoughts before we move over to the Warriors? No, just just like you said, Adrian, I'm 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 by no means saying for anyone to drop homes. Absolutely, do not do that. All I'm saying is just a little a little bit of concern. Yeah. 
concern there, which is natural. You know, he was just doing so amazing, but that first round value, that was going to be hard for that to stick. So keep holding on, and we'll we'll hope for better days. Mm-hmm. What, what went down on the Warriors' side of this game? Well, good, sir. On the Warriors' side, we had Draymond Green playing tonight. He had seven points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, one three. Uh, man, you're really hoping if you were a Draymond Green owner that he strung together a couple more solid games so you could try to move him. But it just wasn't there tonight with them getting blown out by 21 at home. Uh, same same thing with D'Angelo Russell. Played 27 minutes, only eight points and eight assists. Won three. I think Draymond is definitely the guy you want to try to sell if he's got some good games strung together, but it's going to be hard to do. I wasn't as sell happy on D'Angelo because I thought he could get out there and really just go crazy for a couple months and then maybe get traded, but it's looking like he's kind of getting the same treatment as Draymond Green. Uh, Damian Lee, he started tonight, which knocked Alec Burks to the bench. He played 35 minutes to lead the team, so that's something worth monitoring. He had 13 points, five boards, five assists, one steal. Didn't hit any threes, but we know he can do that. So I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely watching him. Glenn Robinson played 24 minutes for seven points, three rebounds, and one three. Willie Cauley-Stein, he had 14 and five with two assists and six steals. Six steals. Monstrous. He probably helped you win that category this week by himself. Off the bench, we had Alec Burks, like I said, uh, relocated here due to Damian Lee. He only saw 22 minutes for 11, two, and three with two steals and a three-pointer. Jordan Poole got 16 minutes, nothing of note. Marquise Chris, who was a popular pickup, he only saw 11 minutes for two points, six rebounds, no assists, no steals, no defensive stats at all, no threes. So that's kind of a bummer after a couple really good games from Chris. Kevon Looney, who had some hype in recent weeks, 11 minutes, no points, one rebound, one assist, one steal. I don't know about you, but that doesn't do it for me. So if I owned him, I would be dropping him pretty much everywhere. I think you can even drop him in 16-teamers. And with these Warriors being so hard to trust, with different guys going off every night, as of right now, I'm most interested in Damian Lee. Uh, I'm not seeing Kai Bowman. Oh, I I believe they kicked Kai Bowman down into the G League. So if you own him, you could probably cut him. Let me look real quick. Kai Bowman... Yeah, will not be with the Warriors. He's in the G League to get the most out of his uh, two-way contract. I don't know if that means he'll be back anytime soon, but if you own him, he's probably a drop unless you're just strictly stashing. Other than that, like I said, the Warriors are the only team this week that plays just twice. Every other team plays three or four times. So if you have any of these fringy Warriors, you can definitely cut them. Or one of these four-game guys like uh, DiVincenzo or uh, Brunson or Hardaway. Adrian, did I miss anything here? What What are you seeing here in this scrap heap? Man, you covered it all because this Warriors team is awful, man. They are so depressing. Um, I don't even want to talk about it because uh, <laughs> there's just really not much to talk about on this team. Um, I, I'm streaming Robinson 
uh, in some deep leagues, and man, I'm ready already to move on. I didn't even know that they played two games next week, but that even more um, makes me ready to to just move on. And uh, man, I don't I I don't think I really have any shares of the Warriors on any of my teams, and. Man, this team this team is a dumpster fire, man. I thought the Knicks were a dumpster <laughs> fire. This this might be worth. Although they do have D'Angelo Russell and um you like to think Draymond Green could should start getting things going again, but man, it's just ugly. Um I I guess I'll just say real quick, Holly Stein, I've seen him dropped I saw him dropped a lot when Looney returned, and uh I think if you're super desperate for center, maybe Collie Stein's worth a pickup. He did play 30 minutes tonight and put up um, a pretty good line here with the eight defensive stats and the 14 points. Other than that, Kurt, that's all I got. Kurt, let's put a bow on this one, man. Great night of action. A really fun Sunday evening. Kurt, uh, where could the listeners find you at? Well, good, sir. Listeners, you can find me at Captain Canegas. C-I-P-T-C-A-I-N-E-G-H-I-A-S. If you can spell that correctly, congratulations. If you missed it, no worries. It might be in the description. So if you want to hit me up with any Twitter questions, ads, drops, trades, all that, I try to get back in a pretty timely fashion. And uh, thanks for listening. All right, you guys. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Adrian Benjamins. Love hearing from you guys. Um, Kurt, always fun as usual, man. I always look forward to talking to you. Can't wait to talk to you again next Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting the show. We will see you guys next Sunday. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.